Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in, these deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. What's going on, people? Welcome to another episode of the Off the Ball Podcast with me, your host, Chris LeBron. And I know it's been a little bit, you know, it's been a little bit since I've done a show. You know, I've done the Draft Capital show. If you haven't checked that, I'll make sure to go check out Draft Capital. We just had a really dope show um, with my guy, Steven, and we had some really dope guests of late. But, you know, uh, I've been doing doing some of that draft, you know, get diving into the draft and and speaking of draft and, and, and diving in. I'm with one of the best out there, you know, uh, fellow off the ball network member, my guy, Urson. What's going on, brother? I'm doing good, brother. Thanks for having me. Also, dope intro, man. Thanks a lot. <laughs> yeah, man. Shout out. Shout out to JP, the franchise. You know, sure. for 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 cooking that one up, um, that was dope. Uh, I was trying to look for something. I'm not creative at all, so <laughs> I, I don't know how. To, I'm still not uh, proficient in, in editing and, and making stuff like that. But you know, uh, he cooked one up for me, and he's done that for a few people at the network. So appreciate appreciate him. Uh, you know, putting the work and doing that for me. So, uh, Ursa, man, what's going on, man? It's you know, uh, 
the NBA is is hot and heavy. You know, we we a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the association. Some some weird stuff, <laughs> some some crazy stuff. We we get in it all, but you know, uh, just give me your your before we get into you know we're gonna talk about and we got a we got a great show for you guys. You know, uh, and also shout out to everyone who's tuning in on Nothing But Net Radio channel on Dash Radio. Uh, appreciate everyone for for tuning in this is you know on off the ball network mondays you know uh you know this which is what everyone's going to be hearing all the great shows on off the ball network and we got a great lineup for you guys so tune in for off the ball mondays it, it, it's it's definitely going to be uh worth you know uh listening to to all the great shows but urson just before we, we we get into everything man just give me your you know you know what you what you feeling about in, in the association right now, just just give me some of your thoughts, you know, uh, about an early on in the season. It's crazy, man. I think if you look at the East, the second seed has 13 wins. The 13th seed has nine wins. The gap is really narrow, you know. In the West, it's the same story. I think the spots between four and ten are like one, two games behind. I think it's very competitive, you know, early on, because the East has always been the weaker conference, you know, in the NBA. Especially, in the, I think, in the last five, six years, every year the West had an advantage over the East. But if you look at the games that has been played, you know, it's very even, you know. And the East is more competitive than the West at this moment. So and a lot of good things are happening in the NBA right now. I think if you look at the dark horse teams for the championship, there are a lot of names you can uh, give. The teams that can make, can compete, you know. But also from playoff teams that can lose their playoff spot or teams that are rebuilding maybe get in the play-in so a lot of crazy things can happen man it's definitely a very unexpected start for me yeah and i think one of the craziest things and i just someone had said this on twitter today there's only five teams in the western conference right now that are that are over 500 you know which which shows that you know the west is no longer the big dogs you know they you know it's not the best in the west and and uh, how it's usually been you know the west has kind of dominated you know as far as having all the the, the best teams you know we always yeah. talk about the west being a, a dog fight and it is it still is but it's just crazy how there's only five teams over 500 you know, we've seen sometimes in the west teams 49 wins miss the playoff 50 win teams get seven seeds and this yeah. year it might be it might be a little changing of the guard you know, as and we talked about that a lot. How the East is the East is very, very improved. And well, we got you know out west, we got five teams over five hundred. That's it. Out east, you know, we got seven teams. I mean, the Knicks. Uh, I mean, the Hawks are eleven and ten right now. They're the eighth seed, and they're you know this in the eighth yeah. seed, and they just lost to the to the Knicks last night. The Knicks are eleven and nine. You know, there's a lot of there's. A, I mean, the East is just a dog. I mean. Just think about the East is separated by five and a half games between the one seed Brooklyn Nets and the 13 seed Indiana Pacers. Yeah, it's crazy. It, it, it just shows the 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 par and the parity we talk about. You know what we want to see in the NBA. Well, we're seeing that right now. I mean, and teams we thought were going to be juggernauts or, or, or contenders. You know, like a Denver. Right, they're they're going through a funk. They've lost six in a row. Right, they're nine and ten under five hundred. Memphis, we thought would take that next step. They're nine and ten. The Lakers, ten and eleven. You know, we've seen teams like Minnesota surprising. Yeah. So it, it's just it's just really fun. Just just you know, 
seeing how the NBA is, is is going right now because there's so much unexpected stuff going on, which is just it's just which is good. Which yeah, is good. I, I'm enjoying that. I know it's you know we're so used to that same few teams being you know in that race to to get to the championship, but it's good to see some parity and some some unexpectedness in 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 the league. Yeah, for sure. I think if you look at the NBA, exactly like you said, you know, competitiveness early in the early stages is very important because if you look at last year, I think after 20 games, it was almost inevitable to see, okay, who's going to be top four in both conferences and that'll be it, you know. And this year, it has been, as you said, it's a dogfight. And I think if you look at uh, Atlanta Hawks at eight seed, they can get to the second seed uh, mm-hmm. in two or three games difference, you know, because they look bad, but actually they're not bad. And Atlanta Hawks are just an example, but that, that tells you how competitive the league is this season. A lot of teams that were bad last season are now in that play-in, playoff range. And all the good teams of last year, they're yeah, mostly, you know, mostly preparing for the playoffs, you know, like uh, like Milwaukee, they will be okay. The Brooklyn Nets, they're the first seed, but they lost a couple of games. They should have won. I think that kind of things, you know, if you take that away, it makes it very competitive. But for me, yeah. I think that's the best thing for the NBA to have, right? Oh yeah, def- it's definitely good for today. So uh, just that's some of the our early thoughts on the association right now. A lot of parity, a lot of a lot of teams just going to be beating up each other. We're not going to see those those dominant teams, um, even though we have some teams that are just off to some terrific starts. I mean, the Suns are one sixteen in a row. The Warriors are having a great start. They're back to winning. They just you know they're on a six game losing streak after after their streak ending. You know, uh, the Nets kind of coming back to earth a little bit, you know, playing the basketball they we all thought they yeah. would play, you know. Um, but and, and, you know, we still got the Wizards are playing still good basketball. People thought they would fall off. They're still on, you know, playing really good basketball and all that. But just a lot of good parody, and that's what we like to see in the, in the NBA. All right, let's get into uh, the first topic of the day, and let's talk about our beloved New York Knickerbockers. And let's let's and Erson, you do a lot of great, great clips that you post on Twitter, you know, about various players on this team. You know, I knew I knew going into the season, you know, there would be some ups and downs. And, and that's exactly yeah. what it's been, right? It has been ups and downs, the inconsistent uh defense you know uh I, I knew the defense would take a us a, a step back obviously when you add evan fournier and you add kemba defense is going to take a little bit of a hit and you th- and, and i and maybe this was my this was my this is what i can't even think of the word but just my just mis- mis- misreading that just the overall defensive philosophies would just carry over and the defense would take a hit, but not too much. It's definitely taking a bigger hit than I expected, you know, um, with, with Kemba and Evan, they're just yeah. having them on the court. Is, it, it, it's like Swiss cheese, <laughs> you know, it, it's, you know, they're getting carved up and all that, but even with the struggles, right. They're still, you know, they just won. Last they just beat the Atlanta Hawks, yeah. you know, um, they're, they're 11 and nine. You know, sometimes as Knicks fans, we 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 get we lose and, and we fall off the face of the earth and, and we think everything's bad. But at the end of the day, eleven and nine, and, and we're competing, right? It's a dog yeah, still right pretty now. good. So, eleven and nine is still pretty just, good. You know, twenty games into the season, 
Um, just give me your initial thoughts so far with this Knicks season. And do you think the defense can get cleaned up? And, and just give me your thoughts on, you know, got Julius Randle having his ups and downs, you know, kind of reverting back to the Julius of year one, you know, a, a bit, you know, uh, and what do you, what do you want to see moving forward, you know, for this team to take that uh, to get, you know, be in position to be, to make a playoff run. Well, to be honest, I don't think the defense is that bad, you know, because if you look at last year, Knicks allowed 104 points on the whole season. And this year, there's been 106 points. It's only a two-point differential. But the two arguments that, you know, give the, nar- the narrative to the Knicks play bad defense is last season, you know, after the bubble, the team started really cold, you know, after uh, a lot of teams haven't even played basketball for almost a year. That's one. And the second is, as you said, this season, you know, that starting five is terrible. Look at the metrics. The net rating is one of the worst in NBA history. And the second unit is making their, uh, doing their dirty work, you know, making it all up. But if you look at the Knicks defense overall, I think it's pretty good because the Knicks went 8-0 against, in games where they allowed 100 or fewer points, you know. Knicks won eight games and lost zero when the opponents scored 100 or less points. I think that's mostly the same thing that happened last year. You know, the Knicks won a lot of games, low-scoring games, because they had the lowest pace in the league. And opponents under 100 usually get the win, you know. And this season, it's 8-0 thus far. So if you look at the games that were, that were lost, a couple of them were really home bad losses. I think if you take them away, but there's a couple of games that were really in reach, you know. I think the Hornets game was a close one. The Bucks game at home, there was a, there was a game that was in reach at, at a certain point in the court that game went away. I think even against the Suns in the first half, I, I, I wasn't that disappointed because the shots weren't falling. The second half, Suns put up the pace, they put up a huge run and they waved the white flag, you know. But that's okay because the Suns are, in my opinion, the number two best team in the NBA right now. You can lose them. Yeah, they look good. I mean, yeah, man, because the Suns team is really good. And, and really I don't good. think Knicks fans should be. I was at the game and watching them in person, the ball movement the Suns have is. is it's crazy. It, it is unbelievable the way they move the ball. And, yeah, they're and always So machine. many times Booker's wide open and. I'm like, how is he wide open? But just the, the the way they just constantly moving the ball, multiple ball handlers that can make plays, you know, it, you can't get too mad losing to a team like that. Yeah, of course. You know, if you're going to lose, let's lose to them, you know, because if they could, can put up a good fight, you know, like last year when uh, Chris Paul in crunch time basically finished it by himself, this is what's needed. But I think if you look at the two Orlando Magic games, there were two games that you have to win. And they could have won it, but... You know, it slips. And that can happen also, you know. I think a lot of games last season, which the Knicks lost, were also losses that, you know, they gave away themselves. They can eventually win it. I think, therefore, the comparison to last season is interesting because the defense was so high last season because Mm -hmm. we were top five defense in the NBA. But it hasn't really slipped this season, but it made it look worse because the first five, the starting five, is terrible. And the second unit is great, you know. So it's very volatile things that we're seeing. I think that's making it seem as it's lots worse than it actually is, you know, because I don't I really don't think Reggie Bullock's departure has real influence on the defense of this team. But you know, given getting back Campbell Walker, of course, that's impacting the team defense. I mean that guy's defensively he's 
His whole career, he hasn't been good defensively. His I know he's never been defense. good defensively. Yeah. Like, yeah, obviously, but, but you obviously you take it because he was averaging 28 a game, right? But when yeah, his offense not, makes up for it. <laughs> when he's not Kemba. And we, we all knew he wasn't going to be Kemba, right? We wasn't expecting yeah. Charlotte Kemba, right? You know, eighty percent of Charlotte Kemba. It, it's where where he's not giving you enough production on the offense to to oversee what the liability on defense and the liability is 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 it's you see it and then you had Evan Fournier, who you know even in that Suns game he's cooking early but then you know just not hasn't shown the consistency yet and then another guy yeah. defensively is just not going to. You know, uh, and I think that's what's kind of hurting them, you know, is that when you start those two and then you're going against CP and, and Devin Booker, they're going to eat you up. And I think that's something I, I don't know what they do. To, I know everyone wants Deuce and all that. It just Deuce. And I love Deuce. Uh, I, that was a top 20 guy for me, top 25 guy for me coming out and think he's going to be a good player for us. And Quentin Grimes, too, is another one. But yeah. it's going to gonna need – a little bit more time, you know, uh, for them to, to once they get acclimated into the offense and all that. And uh, so, but it, it's it's definitely been a struggle, but it's still 11 and 9. Uh, uh, I want to go to Julius. That You know, Atlanta game didn't have a great game. The Suns game, only eight shots. Still have, putting up good numbers, but uh, statistical numbers. But the, the field goal percentage is down. He's only shooting, what, 41%. Yeah. 30, I think 32, 33% from three pointer. It's down, you know, free throw numbers, you know, every, every, all the numbers across the board, you know, are, are down for him. Do you think for, for Julius, it's, it's, you know, carrying the pressure of being the guy on the team. Do you think, I don't think it's a matter of him not caring. I hear you hear a lot of people say he doesn't care. He's not showing. I don't think that's the case. I just think there's more film on him now. You know, that's another thing people are know. Okay, he he's the guy now, and there's just a little bit more pressure. He got the contract. Let's face it, the the guard. You know, you know, hundred percent capacity at the at, at all these arenas now, and especially at the Garden, a little bit more pressure than when there was only either no fans or just like yeah. a couple thousand. You know, and I think that's that could be real too. So for you, what do you think? You know, because uh, it feels like this. This in the month of November, he hasn't really played his best basketball. Had one good game. What he had thirty-two and fourteen. You know, uh, I forgot who I think who was against. He was uh, against the Bulls. Was against the Bulls, and had a good game, but um, not not the best month. What do you think uh, is up with Julius right now, or, or if you think anything is up, and do you think it will continue, or do you think he'll eventually get back to you know being All Star Julius? I think it will eventually hop back because if you look at this season. Last season, he was the man, but he had to be. You know, he had Alfred Payton at, uh, you know, being the starting point guard. And Randall was getting all the touches. And this season, they added Campbell. They added Fournier. Guys are going to need to ball a lot more. And Julius is in, a, you know, his private situation. He just had a second baby. You know, that can maybe play a part. But actually, if you look at this game against last year, I think the last year was... Most of the year he was great, but he had slumps there as well. I think this slump is a lot bigger, so that's obvious. But I think he's going to be okay because I think the problem on this team is not Randall. I think the problem on this team 
is RJ not showing that assertiveness, you know, because RJ is an on-ball guy. He needs the ball, but he's not getting the ball, asking the ball. He's not doing anything to show that he's going to be the second guy on the team, maybe the first yeah, guy on the team. Yeah, I agree. And I think, I think Fournier, you, that's a guy you have to put in position, you know. Of course, he can play some ISO ball, can create for himself, but that's a guy you don't get, he doesn't need the most touches. And I think Kevin Walker needs a lot of usage, of course. I think that's a problem in correlation with Julius, who also needs a lot of touches, and he's an all NBA second team. So all eyes on him. But he's the focal point of the of the opponent defense. He was also that last year, but last year they saw how bad he was against the Hawks in the playoffs. So that's something that ten teams will repeat, you know. So for Julius to make up for his bad start, I think he he also needs support from other guys, and especially RJ Barrett, man. He needs to be a lot more assertive. Because I see on Nick's Twitter that almost everyone wants to see him with a max contract, but nah, not me, man. He isn't the max guy. He's far from a max guy because he isn't showing that assertiveness to be the leader. I think even in the games where, you know, he put up great numbers, is because the team was also playing good. He isn't the guy that's going to, you know, bring you a W or bring you a loss. You know, he's not that not go-to guy, but he needs to be there. Yeah. He needs to carry I- the team and he needs to take his chance, you know. Yeah, and I think, Erson, I think going into this season, that's what Randall needed. Randall needed someone to assert themselves as the two. Even if Randall is truly not your number one, a true number one, right? Yeah. And I think we can all agree he may not be a true number one option. But on this on this team, he, he is our number one option, and he has shown, especially last season, that he can be, you know, he, he can do some good things as the lead guy, right? But in order for him to, to me, for for the Knicks to take the next level, they needed someone like RJ to take that next step, all right? Everyone loves him. Everybody's so high on RJ. Everyone thinks he's going to be a star. And this, personally, and Erson, I think we agree. And, you know, you just said it. I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it from RJ to, to, sh- to make me feel like, okay, he's going to take that next step and be – that number two, or maybe the number one, right? Everybody even wants him to take over and be the guy. Urson, I haven't seen it. He's playing like a role player, you know? And and Urson, I know we can use the youth, right? He's young, right? He's going young. And and we've seen that from guys, right? We've seen guys take off later, you know, 23, 24, 25, and finally hit. But just watching RJ and – you obviously see some good things. The defense has obviously improved a lot, you know, and all that. But the offense is still – it to me, it hasn't really improved. You know, where he's taking dudes off the dribble consistently, getting to the basket to me is very – something he's just not really good at, you know, finishing, which you think he would be. But I feel like everything for RJ right now, it's it's kind of obvious what he's going to do. You know, he's not, yeah, he's not he don't have that wiggle. You don't got that shake. You know, he don't got that bag, right? Like they say, like we like to say, he don't got that bag in him. And that's okay. That's okay. But that's not what we need. We needed someone to elevate and help Randall because that's what, ha- that's what hurt us in the playoffs was they knew it was Randall, 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 and no one else really stepped up. I mean, you had Derrick Rose and you had Alex Berg, but those guys are role, let's face it, those guys are role players. Right, and you need obviously you need role players, but they're role players. We need we needed RJ to take it, 
And I haven't seen it with RJ, you know, and, and that's to me is the, is the tough thing. And, you know, you know, is he a max player? And you've said this, no, you don't think he is. I don't think he is. Do they think he's not? That's the biggest question. Do the Knicks think he's not? Yeah. Because if he's not, then, you know, are we going to have to figure things out with the roster again coming this upcoming uh, offseason if we are for a one and done again? You know, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a major question because if he's not that dude, then it, what do you do? Yeah, right? sure. Because if you look at this game, exactly like I said, he's not stepping up. Because I remember one play against the Suns game. It was RJ in transition. And he went for the pull-up three. And it went, he didn't even touch the rim. It was awful. I think that's all something, you know. I think RJ should have at least, you know, take the contact inside, maybe go for the end one, go for the transition finish. But he isn't doing that, you know, because in even in the games where his production was very good, the team was playing good, but he... In games when they need that go-to bucket, I don't see him make that move. You know, he's relying on three-point too much. But, you know, you have a lot of 3-and-D guys in the NBA. So, if you can be a good 3-and-D guy, that's great for him. But that's not what people expect. You know? He's a top three pick. And he's he's from year one. Everyone's saying, okay, RJ's going to be face of the franchise. But he isn't, you know. But if you look at uh, the number two pick, John Morant, I wish, I hope he's getting well soon, but yeah, he was yeah, carrying yeah. the team in year one, in year two, you know, he made he the play. He's going to be an all-star this year. Yeah, he's going to be an all-star this year, he, because he's the go-to guy, you know. He's taking the responsibility. He doesn't care. Yeah, but RJ yeah. is not uh, taking the responsibility, so you tell me, man. I, I, I don't think he's a max player. I think he will ever be a max player. I'm very, very sure of that. Yeah, Every player I mean, has a slump, you know, but for him, it's structural. I don't but I want to see him succeed, but I, I really don't see it there. Yeah, and he I can be a good complimentary player. That's yeah, great. I, I think that's I the think best that's thing to get. He might be. I think, and I think everyone, especially online, people are scared to say to say this. Like they're like they they just want to believe RJ is going to be that dude. And I and we obviously we want him to be that dude, right? We're not, <laughs> but it just like when I watch him, I just I don't know if I see it, and then like. Just look at his numbers the last 10 games, you know, averaging 11 a game. Yeah. You know, shooting 64% from the free throw line, 26 from three, 32, shoot 32% from the fielders. And, and you just look at his overall numbers, 14 and a half. All right. Six rebounds, shooting 69%, 32 from three, 39, that's, you know, overall. I just... I just don't see it, man. I don't see it. I was looking for that next jump, at least getting that 19 range. And I know with the additions of Kemba and Evan, that may have been actually too much, but to be the same or worse, it's tough. And and for the Knicks, they're going to need him to to definitely step up his play. Obviously, there's a bunch of guys that need to step up for sure. Everyone needs to step up, really. But in order for them – to feel good about the future, your young guys need to you need to see something from the young guys. And right now, the young guys are I don't know, man. It's kind of hit and miss. Yeah, now quickly he's shown quickly he's shown that he's going to take the next step with that second unit. Oh, you know, the playmaking is very good. You know, this season very uh, improved on that end. I think he's taking responsibilities on defense. is very 
very good. I think he really took the next step defensively. And I think that's the success of that second unit. Man. The sophomores are stepping up. Ogutapin is stepping up. Manuel Kilke is stepping up. RJ Barrett was, you know, working out all summer, but it hasn't really translated to a better game. And of course, uh, with two new guys who are going to be, you know, his presence are going to be felt, you know, but he's still not. He's looking like the RJ from here on, as per now. He's, he's, I'm not saying he's terrible, but he isn't good neither. And he's not showing any signs that he's going to be good, you know. That's the worst part, because he can have a very efficient night scoring 12 points on eight shots, 50% from the field, maybe a couple of free throws, but okay. But that's not what the team needs, you know. The team needs him to score 20. Take a team on his back. When the team's down five with two minutes to go, give him the basketball, let him get a bucket, you know. Yeah. And because that's what the number one or number two option on the team does. And that's not I haven't even seen. No, no. And just think about like, you know, there was things even early in the month, you know, he you know, even to start off the season, like the first what, eight games, you were seeing that and you're like, Okay, maybe this is it for RJ. Maybe this is, you know, his time, you know, at that thirty five point game against New Orleans. Then he had that stretch where I think he had 20 points in five straight games. So you're like, okay, maybe, maybe we're getting the RJ, you know, most improved RJ. You know, those, you know, people who thought maybe he could be in the most improved, you know, uh running. But play has come down. Well, let's hope he gets back, you know, uh playing that early basketball he was playing early in the season. And let's see how this next team rolls, you know, because um 11 and 9 right now, I think um you know, good win against the Atlanta Hawks. Struggled against Phoenix, but Phoenix is Phoenix. You know, sixteen in a yeah. row can't, can't get too. And that bad. Hawks W was big, man, because they were on a seven-game winning streak. Yeah, and they yeah. blow Hawks out teams too, so. in all seven games, man. Yep, that was a all blowout win, movies, you know. Quality win against a good team. That's, yeah, quality win against you know, a good team. Just on a win streak. So, do you take it? Eleven and nine. We'll see how they go and how they continue. And hopefully, um, the guys struggling, you know, will come back uh, and start playing good basketball. But Let's get to uh, the next topic. And and Clay Thompson cleared, fully cleared, which is great news. How do you see Clay? He's missed, obviously, we know he's missed a lot of time. Two and a half, you know, years of basketball feels all right. Two and a half years, two, two years of basketball, two seasons. You know, he missed two full seasons. How do you think he, how do you think he, he acclimates coming back to this team, you know, because they, they got some good pieces going right now with, with Golden State. Like, they, they got, you know, they're obviously they're, – they're playing tremendous basketball. They're, I mean, the fact that the Suns won 16 in a row and are still, I think, a half game or a game back from the Warriors, you know, who That's crazy. an absolutely, you know, scorching start it is kind of remarkable. But, you know, obviously Steph is, Steph is probably the MVP right now. But like Damian Lee playing good basketball. Um, uh, I forgot the other guy's name. He's uh, Gary Payton. They got Gary Payton Jr. playing good basketball. Um, who's the other guy I'm thinking about? It's 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 messing up my my. Uh, Bielitsa. Bielitsa is is good yeah. and you know what? But I was thinking of someone else. Uh, let's see if I can if I can uh, um, see their name right now. Give me one second. Um, how do I fix? See, I got that. That dad brain. Uh, oh, Poole. Jordan Poole. Um, you know, he's, you know, having a terrific season, you know, averaging 18 a game, you know. You know. And obviously they got Kaminga, 
you know, Moody, who they drafted high, you know, do you got, you know, uh, Wiseman coming back hopefully soon. So how do you think that he acclimates? Because obviously, you know, someone may have to take a little bit of a step back. So how do you think Clay coming back, you know, impacts his team? I think they're going to even be more dangerous, man, because if you look at their team, they allow the fewest points in NBA already, just above 100 per game. And, you know, they have Jordan Poole, you know, because they he can be taking eventually plays very low for, you know, because if you look at that players game, he's one of the best defensive players I've ever witnessed, you know, mm-hmm. especially in the last five years. I think him with Draymond Green, who has a case to be defense player of the year already, maybe even all NBA team, Steph Curry, who's hot, you know, because they have another piece they can just inject into the rotation and let him do his thing, man, because I think he needs to steadily grow into his old spot. So I think Poole is definitely going to start, maybe in the first 20 games that Clay is back. The Clay is going to, you know, prepare slowly for himself for the playoffs. And after that, it's, you know, up to Clay what, what he's going to bring to the team, because they're all obviously very good right now, but they are definitely going to get better with him in the team, but I think he's going to start with a smaller role, you know? Mm-hmm. Play 10 minutes, grow into that 20 minutes a game, and, you know, prepare himself for the playoff. I don't see him play 40 minutes a game in the regular season. I think Jordan Poole is always the guy there. Expect a lot of moving forward. But with Clay back, you know, Jordan Poole is very... Because the Warriors are doing so good. Jordan Poole is, you know, so hyped that... Every game he plays is good, but he has a couple of bad games as well. If you look at his three-point percentage, about 34%, that's not good for the Warriors, you know? No. But his overall scoring is very, very good. I think that's the translation that is going to bring the Warriors success again. They've got to focus more on the the inside scoring. And, of course, Steph Curry is Steph Curry. He's going to shot that three. He's going to make five a game. So that's something you have in your pocket. And with Clay back, he's going to make two or three. He's going to shoot that 40%. But he can slowly grow into his role. You know, the team is going good. He has no pressure on him. So he actually chose a good time to come back, man. Yeah, and then, and that's not even – that's forgetting about uh, Andrew Wiggins, who's playing really yeah. good of late. He's been he's been playing really good. And just overall, he's been shooting – now. I think he's shooting, what, I think uh, 50%. He's shooting good from three, you know, averaging close to 20 a game. That's the thing that I think is good about Clay than when the other – guys coming back is for most stars coming back is the pressure coming back and, and, you know, having to make an impact right away for clay. There's no real rush because they have guys to step up. So when, when he does come back, doesn't have to play heavy minutes right away, just slow in, you know, and just gradually improve, you know, gradually get back into basketball mode and, you know, playing in a game and all that and there's no like there's no pressure for him. absolutely none yeah 60 right. games left for the playoffs he can take his time exactly so you know there's no pressure for him to come right away and be that clay um he could save that you know for for late in the season or in the playoffs and and when we could see those epic play clay performances that we've seen you know so many times but the warriors are just have benefited from making some good trades having some good drafts and, and developing, you know, they developed, you know, some of these guys, you know, that are making impact for their team. So they, they're, they're in a good spot right now. They're playing absolutely tremendous, you know, uh, tremendous basketball. Everyone's playing their role. Draymond's having a bounce back season, almost averaging a triple double, you know, uh, you know, he, he's playing good okay. basketball, being a playmaker facilitator, you know, obviously guarding 
you know, playing that defense we've seen from the past and, and just doing what he's done. But like I said, you know, Otto Porter Jr., you know, they, they brought back – um uh, they have a um, Iguodala back, you know. It just everyone's playing their role, and I, I, I'm not gonna lie. I was I was not a believer in the Warriors. I thought maybe, maybe it was, you know the the book is closed and it's it's over. And but I underestimated the, them developing these Me guys. Too, and, and hey, I'll take that. I'll take that L, man. I, I'm definitely gonna take that L. I definitely uh, didn't. I'm get gonna that take win. the bigger L, man. I had yeah, them in the playoff contention. They're playing phenomenal basketball, and it's fun. 17-2 and two right now, like you said, number one defense in the league. I think that's what, for me, is the biggest thing is the defense. We all know the offense. I thought the offense would be the offense, right, no matter what. But the defense was the yeah. thing I would be, okay, I don't know if they're going to have that defensive intensity like they used to. They brought it back. They're playing. They brought it back. What an average. Like, I think they're giving up around, like, 100 a game. I mean, that's – that's that's that's, because, that's and that's without their best perimeter defender, you know, you're playing right now and in clay. So like you add him and he doesn't have to always guard LeBron's and KD's and Paul George's and all these. That's just it's scary. It's gonna be scary when Clay come back. There's two guys on the team that deserve a shout out. One of them is Gary Payton, second, you know. Ooh, and yeah. Nemanja Belica, I think they picked up the role players they needed to get. Man. Yeah, I think Gary, that's the big Gary gets in him like his dad, man. He's 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 physical yeah. like his dad. He don't have, I mean, he has hops. Dad never had hops like that. Like Gary Payton has has definitely put a couple guys in posted, but finding guys like Gary Payton who's kind of bounced around, you know, G League and all yeah. this. Finally, Nicole Carly coach man. Belica yeah, bouncing between teams. I think, as you said, man, they. They picked up again the role players they needed. I think that's the, was the key of their success when they won the championships. You know, guys like uh, I've got his name Bogut. You know, yeah. guys like that. They're, they're missing pieces you know, because they have four all stars. I think at least three in all the championship seasons. But the role players were the guys stepping up. Sean Livingston. Mm-hmm. There was another one of Leonardo Bogos. Uh, and they found these guys again, and they want to bring Clay back. Pool is emerging as the new. You know, star from the Warriors, maybe number three option. If you look at a team, Moody, Kuminga for the future, I think they've extended their winning moves. I think Moody is going to take about 10 years. The dynasty is going to continue. If they're going to make the playoffs as the number one seed, maybe get to the finals again, maybe you can see another dynasty, man. Because if you look at the West, so far it's all between the Suns and the Warriors. And I think the Warriors have the biggest, uh, you know, biggest. Advantage, in my opinion. The Suns are the oil machine, but the Warriors are, you know, a clay, one clay left of maybe that dynasty coming back. So that's something to move forward. It's definitely been impressive so far, and they are absolutely clicking. I mean, a potential Suns, Warriors, Eastern Conference, I mean, Western Conference finals, man. (laughs) You can sign me up for that, man. That's seven games of that. It could be absolutely phenomenal basketball i mean that would be so much fun to watch so let, let's see what happens it's hopefully injuries let's they hope they stay healthy and let's see what happens you know when clay comes back because it's it's uh it's can't wait because it's you know two years without clay is is definitely uh not good and uh happy to finally see him you know cleared and ready to go and um you know uh going to going yeah. to be fun going to be fun to see him 
and him, you know, add, adding him. That's like adding a free agent to this or a 17 and two team adding a free agent, right? That's that's what they're doing. So, uh, you know, the Warriors are 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 you know are they officially back? Looks like it so far. So, um, you know, uh, that's going to be you know interesting to see when Clay comes back. All right. John Wall. John Wall is, if you didn't know, he plays for the Houston Rockets. Now, obviously, he hasn't played a, a, a second of NBA basketball for the Houston Rockets this season. Played last year, got traded in, in, uh, in the Westbrook trade. That obviously is not, we all knew he wasn't going to be a part of the future. Now, this situation is obviously, for me, a very sour taste. I don't like what's happening with John Wall. I understand he's not a, he's not a part of the future. They don't want him to mess up the kind of what's going on with them. They essentially want to tank. I mean, they might have the worst season of all time. <laughs> you know, they, yeah. they, they are, they are just not a good basketball team and they are so young. I mean, this team is, you know, they got a bunch of babies on their team, right? Three, three and 16. I mean, they had a, how many did they lose in a row? They, they, they had 16 or 17 games in, in a row. row. You know, Steven Silas, you know, aged so much. <laughs> Just, you know, he has aged so much, it feels like. But um, John Wall's situation, he wants to play. You know, he had a he just recently had a meeting with, with uh, the front office, and he's expressed that he wants to play. He just had, a, I think he had an Instagram post saying, I'm ready, free wall. And that's kind of been the hashtag, free John Wall. What's your thoughts on this situation? And and how do how do how do we uh how do we resolve this because it just it, it just it just seems like it just doesn't sit sit well with me personally i just you know just saying hey just you're not gonna play and we're not gonna do anything we're not gonna trade you because nobody wants that contract obviously so how do how do we resolve this Erson? because it seems like it's you know it hasn't gotten ugly yet not ben simmons you know ugly but because you know John Wall might be in the back end, but still, it's it's not. It's definitely to me not a good look. Yeah, for sure, man. It's not. It's embarrassing because he was one of the best guards in the East for a lot, a long time, you know. And if you look at that roster of the Houston Rockets, if you look at the oldest five or six guys, DJ Augustine, Eric Gordon, uh, Daniel House, Christian Wood, yeah, they got some vets Daniel Tice. Of course, Christian Wood is a good player. He needs to play, but they are letting all these old guys play. The youngsters are sitting on the bench, of course, with Jalen Green starting and Alpine Shingen getting also good minutes. But they are not using their youth very good. They are in a rebuilding team. Who cares if they win 10 games or 8 games or 20 games? They're going to get the number one pick. That's their goal because they are not winning. And John Wall sitting on the bench. I think a guy like John Wall, very valuable experience for the young guys. And he needs to play, man. He needs to play next to Jalen Green. And let them them cook together, right? Of course. Uh, Am I wrong for thinking that's beneficial? I I don't think John Wall at this point of his career is really like, how many more wins is he going to give you that you say you cannot play and that he's going to mess? And listen, it's the lottery. You can get a Derrick Rose kind of role, you know? You could go 8-72. contributor. Eight and seventy four, get the third pick. It's the lottery. So, like, why are you so harped on? Oh, he gonna mess? Because that's what it's. That's what it is, right? Let, let's, let's just be real. They're not playing him because they don't want him to mess up what's going on to try yeah. to get another yeah, high pick at Paolo or Chet or, or Jabbar, whoever they want. 
But there's no guarantee you get a number one pick. This isn't the NFL where your worst record gets a number one pick. Got the lottery system. No matter you got zero wins, <laughs> you know, yeah. the lottery can go anywhere. You know, so I I don't get this thing. This 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 that uh, you know, he's gonna mess up all this. To me, it's beneficial for the young guys. You know, you got a lot of young guys on your team that could really be. Yeah, they're going to need uh, to learn the game, you know. And you have guys like DJ Augustine, Daniel House playing. Eric Gordon is a good player, but eventually they need to trade him man, because they're, they're a rebuilding team. I don't really understand why they're so focused on letting all these old guys play. I think Alper and Shane with not starting is a disgrace. He needs to start for the Rockets. And Jalen Green is obviously injured right now, so that's okay. But he's 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 playing good for him because he's number two pick. He needs to play. But Christian Wood is still a good player. If they can move up from him, you know, get Paolo Banchero next season, get a good rebuild. Because with guys like Wood, you're not going to win. With guys like Eric Gordon, you're not going to win. You know? They need to full rebuild, not, you know, get all these prospects and not play them, you know, because that's hurting them. I would rather see John Wall playing with Jalen Green than DJ Augustine playing with Jalen Green or yeah. Eric Gordon playing with Jalen Green. Because John Wall can have a type of game with Derrick Rose is, you know. Derrick Rose was hurt for a long time. He slowly mm-hmm. grew back. And look at him now. He maybe can win the sixth man of the year. Probably he's going to be Tyler Arrow, but still he has a chance, you know. And John Wall is sitting at the end of the bench because he was, one time, was a locked-in all-star in the East. Yeah. I think that shot LeBron James shot in Washington ruined his career, but until that point he was yeah, the he, best point guard in the East. He for was a long definitely time. one of the better the better guards in the league. And it's just unfortunate and hopefully it gets resolved and we get to see John Wall play basketball because he was another guy that we didn't see for a few years, you know, had the the knee, you know, the ACL and, and uh, Achilles, you know, uh so he, he went through some injuries and to see him come back, you know, yeah. look Looked solid, you know, last year, but obviously not a part of Houston's future. Hopefully, you know they uh, they resolve this and when we get this over because it's, it's just like, you know, uh, I don't like the way they're handling this. So, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. Hopefully, yeah. hashtag free John Wall finally happens and we get to see him play because he still could be a productive play. It may not be all star John Wall. You know, Washington Wizards, John Wall, but, you know, that guy could still, like, have, like you mentioned, like a Derrick Rose type of, you know, role in this league. And, you know, we just need to see him in the league play. I want to see him hoop. I want to see how John Wall hoop. So let's just let's, let's, let's go to nonsense, figure something out, and let's see John Wall back in the league and, and playing quality basketball. So, all right, Urson, a few more topics before we sign off. Um, Frank Vogel. Lakers, uh, they had a bad, you know, they played the, uh, Sacramento a few nights ago and, you know, three overtime losses, you know, three overtime game, and then they lose that game. A lot of people coming for Frank Vogel. Obviously, he's always going to be the scapegoat, right? You know, uh, you know, people always want to go after the head coach. I mean, this guy did win a world championship. You know, say what you want, he is a world champion. And he's had some success, yeah. you know, in Indiana and – I know the Orlando State didn't go great, but you know he he's done some things, some good things. You know, last year, I mean, injuries kind of hurt them. You know, from doing what they we thought they were going to do, possibly repeat. But and the roster construction, that's not on him. <laughs> you know that that's just, that's not on him 
but he's the scapegoat. You know, uh, that's more on Rob Palenka and and uh, whoever else is you know in the front office there. You know, LeBron James um, <laughs> making moves. But do you do you do you believe? Do you think there's a chance Frank Vogel gets fired before this season no. because people want his head? People think he's he's the reason why they're struggling. I, I'm not one of those people, but I'm sure for Frank, it, this is this is a tough roster right now to to figure. Like I don't get what they did in the offseason to compile this roster, and it still doesn't make sense even twenty whatever twenty games into the season. Right now they are what are they are a game under five hundred, you know ten and eleven. You know, just the defense is not good, right to say the least. <laughs> you know, the defense is 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 a. Uh, I think they're the second worst defense in the league points per game. They're giving up a buck fourteen a game. I mean, so like they're getting they're getting carved up. Even with Anthony Davis, you know, being one of the best defenders, he's just you know the. They're just old. Losing Alex Caruso was a big loss. I don't think people realize. Yeah. What, like, and that was a big the loss for them. He's making in Chicago, right? And, and the, the defense, people are like, oh my God, I didn't know Caruso was a good defense. He's like one of the best on ball defenders in the league. That is a huge loss. They thought they can just, all right, we'll get Avery Bradley. We'll get these, you know, we'll get a 39, 48-year-old Trevor Ariza and, and, you know, and try to just patch it up. And it hasn't worked. So for you, you know, Frank Vogel, does he make it through the season as the head coach? Sure, the they won't let him go, man, because why should they, you know? Because mm-hmm. if you look at that roster, they have three max guys. The rest are, you know, Malik Monk obviously signed a good deal. I think it was two years, 10 million. But the rest are all very minimums. So everyone was going to see what's going to happen, you know? The Lakers are going to be in the number four, the number five seed. You know, they work their way to the playoffs and start playing after that, you know. Mm-hmm. Because if you look at that team, if LeBron and Anthony Davis are healthy, they are maybe the number two or number three team in the East. Maybe even the best. Because Melo is cooking. Melo is dropping. He's numbers. playing good. He's playing good, but their defense sucks because they have so much injuries. And, you know, the Russell Westbrook trade, for me, it was, it was a great move, you know, because if you look at that contract, it's expiring, and after that, they can just sign another guy and the next. And LeBron can have one more shot, you know, with AD two years uh, after this. You know, LeBron is slowly, you know, to see the signs of him slowly getting a little less, but I think he can play easily five years. But actually, I liked what the Lakers did, you know, because they brought in Russell Westbrook, they took a guess, they took a gamble, it might work. But after this contract is gone, they can just throw money at the player at the max and get another star, you know? Mm-hmm. I think they extended their winning, their potential winning uh, streak in years, you know, because they traded a lot of pieces away to get one big contract. And that, that guy is still an all-star, you know, Russell Westbrook. He's still a star. But he's not going to be the, the answer for them. I think the only answer for the Lakers to have a shot at the championship it's both AD and LeBron healthy, not missing games. They can uh, do some load management, you know, that's okay. But I don't think it's on the coach. Come on. Look at their defense. Look at the, their lineups. I mean, uh, it were, there were a lot of games where uh, you know AD was playing. LeBron wasn't playing. You know, what can this coach do? 
I think exactly. it's pretty good that they are exactly 10 and 11, as you say. If they were 11 and 10 or 12 and 9, would that make a difference? I don't think so. Yeah, man. They're just I, a few games away, so I don't think he will be fired, man. I don't think he should be fired. Yeah, I don't think so either. But, you know, you you've hear people talk about some of his lineup, mat, you know, lineup matchups and guys he's putting together. But like you said, he's dealt with injuries. You know, uh, you know, Tucker has been out. Horton Tucker has been out. You know, missed some games, and you know, LeBron's missed some games, and it, it just it just hasn't been what they want. But look, it's, they could figure it out. You know, they could figure it out. We've seen teams who have been constructed this way, super teams, if you want to call them a super team, figure it out. You know, um, as the season goes on, and we could, but uh, defense to me is just very worrisome. Very worrisome. Like sometimes they just leaving dudes wide open. I mean, the game against Sacramento. I mean, Buddy Hill was just shooting. He was just going off, you know. And that was someone that to me would have been a great fit for them. But we'll see. You know, Vogel. I think right now, I don't think you should let go Vogel. Um, to me, that would be okay. the wrong move. I if they were that... six and thirteen, fourteen, okay, then you can uh, yeah, let the coach go. Maybe if they were. They are six. I don't see the size of them being terrible. I think they're going to be, you know, 45 wins, 50 wins, maybe get five or six seed. That's good for them. That's what they need. I think, um, you know, like I said, the West is a dogfight. You know, a lot of teams trying to figure figure what their identity is, and they got to figure out what their identity is, and they need to start playing better defense. They play better defense, they'll be all right. The defense needs to improve drastically. You know, and I don't know if that's, you know, where they get someone at the deadline or someone, but they need to figure out the defense, especially on the perimeter. They got to figure that out because it's very, it's, it's bad. It's it's bad. It's very bad. So they need to figure that out, you know, in order. But Vogel should stay. I don't think he should get fired. They, you know, let, let him rock out. He's done some good things. You know, help you win the championship. Let, let's give the guys some credit. So, um, I don't think he should get fired, but um, l- the last topic of the day before we sign off, Erson, and appreciate the good people at Dash for tuning in and people who are uh, who uh, watch this live. Um, appreciate everyone for tuning in. Let's go two up, two a down. Let's go with two teams that you're high that are on the rise for you, and two teams that are going down for you. Good question, man. I'm on the rise. I'm going for an answer. That's the Sacramento Kings, man. For me, they are moving into the season. For me, they were a good team, you know. They added Davia Mitchell. They added a lot of big guys. You know, Marvin Beckley came back. He's coming back very strong after they, that, after they let that coach finally gone. I don't, I don't actually quite understand why no. I even hired that guy. You know, that might have been coach. the best move. That might have been. Yeah, that might be the best move. Letting that guy go. Whatever that that term is, addition by subtraction. No, I did it wrong. I don't know. Good that he's fired. <laughs> good that he's fired, man. That was good I don't, they're going to be the eighth seed, maybe the ninth seed, get in the play, you know, steadily grow to a playoff team because they have the pieces. Yeah. And if they can keep uh, Bagley, you know, happy, maybe he will sign an extension. You know, maybe. I'm not sure, but I, don't, I think they declined this last year, but I'm not sure if they actually did that or they didn't do that. So that's something I've got to look up, but. Seeing him back and the coach gone is the biggest plus for them. So that's that's the first team that's on the rise for me. I think the second team that's on the rise for me is the. I'm gonna go for the for the easy one, man. 
I'm going to go for the easy one. Another team in the West, the Dallas Mavericks. For me, mm-hmm. actually, they are, if you look at Doncic, he's there. I think he's, if you take him away, the, the whole Dallas team changed, you know, but because with Doncic missing a couple of games, Christoph Porzingis did a great job and he was putting up great numbers, he's efficient. Played he's played really good. Jalen Bronson was stepping up. I think their team is going to look good in this season. Because I think if you look, if you ask me the question, who's the first guy, who's the first, the first team going to make the playoffs and lose in the first round, I would say Dallas, without uh, even taking it right. But this season, they might have a chance, man. They can use Doncic in a better way, get Kristaps a big, bigger role in this team, you know, Jalen Brunson a bigger role in this team, even takes out. I think the Dallas Mavericks are going to be a good team. So those two teams are uh, definitely on the rise. All right, and you're two down. Two down teams. The first one, I think the first one is an easy one. But the Boston Celtics, they are not convincing anyone. They have two stars in Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. They don't have a leader, man. Their, their point guard is, I don't like him, sure. He had one game where he dropped 35, I think, in double overtime. But that's okay. Even bad players can uh, have, you know, 30, 30 point games. Mm-hmm. So that's not, I think they are not convincing anyone that they are going to be a success. Or they are going to have a shot at the Eastern Conference Finals. So that's a team that's going to probably, you know, get to the 8th seed, ninth seed, and that's it for them. And I think the second one is, I think I'm going to get a little spicier because the, the second one is the Chicago Bulls. I know they are going to, they got the height. They have they have compiled a good roster. The Rosen, I think they took a big gamble, but it paid off for them. But I think in the big games, they didn't convince me. I think against uh, against us, you know, they were eventually won the second game in uh, Chicago. But that was another game the Knicks should have won. The Knicks should have won that second game in Chicago as well. Because in the big games, they're not convincing. Me personally, they're not convincing anyone. I think they're probably going to be what the Toronto Raptors always was, you know, a decent to, to good regular season team, maybe get the two or the three seed. But that's it. I don't see this team getting success in the playoffs. But you saw them against the Miami Heat, who are legit the championship contender. They're direct rivals. Mm-hmm. And actually, the, the Miami played them one actually quite easy without Tyler Harrell. So that's something they got to think about, man, because I'm not convinced. I'm not on the Bulls' bad record, nor I will be. They have a good team. I think Zach Levine is going to be a star. Lonzo is a good guy, you know. I like them. I, I would want them on the Knicks. Rosen, I wasn't really high on him, you know, but they signed him and he's showing everyone that he's a good player. But, you know, that's it. I think that team is not built for built for success. I think their team is at a stage where the New York Knicks are, you know. If they're going to make the playoffs, that's great. Maybe get to the second round, but that's it, you know. Mm-hmm. But they went all in and got that team and the Knicks are still building, you know. So that's the difference for me. Yeah, so the second yeah. team is uh, the Bulls, man, that I, I kind of down with. No, yeah. Yeah, they definitely, you know, I, I definitely like this Bulls team coming into the season. And, you know, they're still figuring things out. But um, I think it all comes down to, you know, Levine truly becoming a superstar. And if he becomes a superstar, yeah. then they could take that next level. But we need to see him do that. And, um, that, and then they'll, they'll, do good, they'll do good things because they – 
you know, adding DeRozan was an absolute home run for them. Lonzo's been good for them, you know, as far as defense and playmaking and all that, just doing a little bit of everything. Caruso was a great addition. So definitely like that two up, two down. And on that note, that is going to conclude another great episode of the Off the Ball podcast. My man, Erson, as usual, killing it. Great, great show, Erson. I appreciate you coming on, man. This was a lot of fun. For sure, man. It was an honor. Always to be on, you know. I always do these shows. Uh, enjoy the shows we're doing. So, yeah. Hopefully, yeah. let me go on to another one. So. <laughs> You're always welcome on the pod, brother. It's always fun. It's always fun chopping it up and, and talking ball. You know. Uh, so before we sign off, uh, just want to give a shout out to everyone at the Off the Ball Network. You know, make sure you go to offtheballnetwork.com for all your sports needs. Check out all the great content we have there. Check out all the great podcasters and, and everything there. Um, before we get off, firstly, get off, tell the people where they can find you on social media and, and all the work you have going on. Well, you can find me on Twitter at EDamerNBA. I'm tweet mostly about the NBA draft, you know, checking a lot of, a lot of prospects out. This year, I'm going to focus a lot of the NCAA, a little less on the international prospect. Mm-hmm. I think the second part, what I do is tweet mostly about the New York Knicks, you know, stats, some videos, breaking down some players. That's 99% of the things I do on Twitter. The 1% can be various for other things. You know, maybe some hot football takes that I'm very popular of in the group. <laughs> so, you know, EDM NBA. Ah. Ben Ruttersberger, Pitler Steelberger. Shout out to him. <laughs> Great quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You love your Ben and Ben, but... Uh... Uh, just make sure to follow Erson. You know, great one of the best follows. You're gonna learn a lot. Um, my dog's crying, so he wants to go outside. So on that note, guys, be well, be safe, take care, and don't be 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 courteous to everyone. Don't be racist, and take care, guys. <laughs> take care, guys. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.